This episode has been brought to you by Project Ikute Torah, where we are here to help you learn, live, and love Torah Or and Lakute Torah. To learn more about us, visit projectikutetorah.org. We're learning the Sitra this week for Shabbos Parshan Boy. The Sitra in Tafshimun Beis is actually a combination of a Sitra that the Rebbe said on that Wednesday, Gimel Shvat, going into Parshas Boy, together with the Shabbos of Parshas Boy. The Sitra can be found in Tafshimun Sefer Asitra Tafshimun Beis, Chelik Aleph, page two hundred and eighty. The Rebbe starts off by saying that the command from the Eibushter to Moshe Rabbeinu, Boyol Paroi, to come to Paroi, is the beginning of the parsha and the name of the parsha. This is the parsha in which is discussed the Geula of Bnei Yisroel practically coming out of Mitzrayim. As the Pasuk says, On this very day, all the Tzivois Hashem, all the armies of Hashem, came out of the land of Mitzrayim. Hoitzi Hashem is Bnei Yisroel, Meyeretz Mitzrayim, Al Tzivoisom, the Eivishter took the Yidden out of Mitzrayim. This is the parsha that discusses the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Since the parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is being called by the name of Boy El Paroi, and it's known that the name of the parsha also indicates and teaches us about the whole content of what the parsha is all about, it's understood that Boy El Paroi is very much connected to the whole idea of the Geula out of Mitzrayim, which is what the parsha discusses. In other words, in addition to the fact that all the details of Moshe Rabbeinu's Shlitas to Pari are all a preparation for the Geula of Mitzrayim, in addition to all of that, regarding the words Boyo Paroi, since this is the beginning of the Parsha, and the name of the Parsha of the Geula, and in addition to this, it's the beginning of the Parsha that is said, these words Boyo Paroi are not even said as an introduction to another statement. Rather, the words boyo pari, come to pari, this is a, a, se- a separate and individual command from the Eibishter to Moshe Rabbeinu, doesn't even say in the Pesach exactly what he's supposed to do there. It just says, just come to pari, that's it. In other words, this boyo pari is a general introduction to the whole Geula itself, and in a certain sense, the beginning of the goal of the Boyopari is a major statement in its own right. In addition to this, based on what it's known, the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is also the beginning and the opening for all of the Gulas, including the Gula Asida, the Gula that's going to come through Mashiach, regarding which it says that it's going to be similar to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, I'm going to show you wonders similar to the time of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, Yeshloimar makes sense to say that the words Boyol Paroi, which is the beginning for Geulas Mitzrayim, is also the introduction to the Geulah Hastida. So we need to understand all of this. What is the connection between Boyol Paroi with the idea of Geulah? In fact, it would seem to be exactly opposites. Boyol Paroi coming to Paroi seems to indicate that Paro is standing there with all of his might and all of his strength. Moshe Rabbeinu needs to come on to him. Moshe Rabbeinu needs to come to him. And in fact, Paro says to him in the continuation of the parasha, Leich, will I go away from me? Make sure you don't see my face anymore. The day you'll come see me, you'll die. Seems to be Paro is standing here with all of his might, with all of his force. 
This seems to be exactly the opposite of Geula of Mitzrayim, which is all about nullifying, getting rid of the strength of Paroi, overcoming Paroi, and in that way becoming completely freed. Leaving Mitzrayim and leaving Paroi. So the question is, how did Boyo Paroi coming to Paroi, which again seems to be saying that Paroi is in the might and power over here, how is that really the idea of Gula? In order to understand this, the Rebbe says in Seif Beit, we're going to understand this by first explaining a general question regarding these words, Boyal Pari. We know that every single Indian in Torah is eternal. And every single Indian in Torah, therefore, is also an eternal Hayra'ah for all generations. If that's the case, what could possibly be the Hayra'ah, the eternal Hayra'ah, from the words Boyal Pari, from the idea coming to Pari? After Pari was overcome already, after they were victorious over Pari Melech Mitzrayim, by the Gulas Mitzrayim, and especially once the Gulu HaMittis Vashleim was going to come, or Mashiach was going to come, there will be no remnants from any of the Tuma at all, Vesuach HaTuma Avrim and Arabs, there's no mark, no remnants left from Pari. In a similar way, at the end of the time of Golos, when all of the Birurim of Klipas Paroi are also over with the Redi, as we discussed many times, they were holding at a stage when all the birurim are finished. So the question is, what kind of hayro, what kind of lesson could all of this be now to us, the concept of boyal paroi come to paroi? So the Rebbe said we could explain that based on what's known, that really every single thing in the world, even things that are the opposite of good and holiness, actually have a shoyrish, have a root in Kedusha up above. And the shoyrish in Kedusha, the root in Kedusha of these things, is their real, true identity. It's only that after many Ishtar after this thing comes down many, many different levels, through many different screens and curtains and concealments and so on, eventually, down here in this world, it may come out as something negative. But in its root, every single thing starts off in a higher spiritual holy world. In a similar way to in, in, regarding Pari, the Doyar on the Pasuk, Va'koyl Nishma-based Pari, a Pasuk that speaks about, it was heard in Pari's household, about Yosef being revealed to his brothers, and so on. So the Zoyar says the following statement. Based Pari, what does it mean, the sound, the voice, the message was heard in the house of Pari? Based Pari is a simon, is an indication, it's referring to something above. What does based Pari mean? It's the house, the ispiriu, from where it's revealed and where it's uncovered, all sorts of lights, all sorts of luminaries. So the word pari, desire translating from the word ispiriu, being uncovered or revealed. So based pari, the house, from where, the source, from where all lights are uncovered. Everything, says the Zoya further, that was hidden, comes out revealed from there. And therefore, the Abishta took out all the lights and all of the luminaries in order to shine and to bring about that level of coil. It said before the prophet said, Baha coil nishma base paroi. The word coil over there is spelled without a vav. So the Zoyer is saying that the Abishta is bringing about all sorts of iris to shine into this concept, into this level called coil. 
So again, what does Paroi represent? Paroi really represents in the source in Kedusha, a very, very high source from where Paroi, from where it's being uncovered or revealed, all levels of holiness. Now from Paroi within its source in holiness, which is the idea of uncovering godliness, revealing godliness, and so on and so forth, eventually there's a Paroi that comes down here in this world, which is, ends up being a negative force, the Paroi of Klippa. Based on this, says the Rebbe we can now understand the concept of Boyal Paroi, what it means in its root, in its highest form and state in Kedusha. And the Rebbe quotes the Zoyar, the Zoyar explaining the possible Boyal Paroi, explaining how, what it means by Paroi down here in this world. So the Zoyar explains what it means, and the Rebbe is then going to show us what this all means in a more Ruchniyazdik way, and in a holier way. So the Zoyar says as follows, the Pasuk tells us, Boyal Pari, the Ibsh just says, come to Pari. Now why does it say, come to Pari, instead of Lechel Pari? Why doesn't it say, go to Pari? What does it mean, come? So what it means is that the Ibsh took Moshe Rabbeinu, come means, come along. The Ibsh taking Moshe Rabbeinu, rooms inside of rooms, into deeper and deeper chambers, to the very, very um, great serpent, or sea serpent, Anim, which from which many, many different levels and things come out of him. This is what's called the Tanin Hagodol, great Tanin, in a reference to Paroi. And Moshe was terrified. Moshe was afraid to go in. Moshe was only ready to go only to the levels of the Oyrin, of the rivers. In other words, the various different levels that come out of this Tanin, out of this great Paroi. But to go inside to this tunnel, to the great sea serpent, and to get close over there, he was afraid because he saw all the different sources and so on. What did, what comes out of this? It's another, what kind of great clipper this is. What the Abish just saw the Moshe Rabbeinu was so afraid. And any other shluchim, any other malochim up above and so on and so forth would also not be able to go to this very, very, Great level of Klippa. So the Abishter said, Behold, I am going to come over you. Pari, the king of Mitzrayim, the great Tanim, this great serpent. That rests in the river. The Abishter himself is going to wage war against him. The Abishter and nobody else. And the apostle concludes by saying with the words, Ani Hashem. In other words, because of the strength of Klippas Pari, what's being called over here the Tanin Hagodel, and he is in his place, in the palace, that's in the highest source, so to speak, the deepest source. So Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid to go into him. And therefore the Abish just says, don't go, it doesn't say Lechel Pari, go, which would imply that he's going by himself. Rather, Boyel Pari, come to Pari means I'm coming along with you. The Abish just is going to Take Moshe Rabbeinu in to the deepest level of the Klippa of Pari. As the Zoyar puts it, Idrin Basar Idrin, chambers inside of chambers, rooms inside of rooms, in order to completely conquer Pari, to wage war against Pari. Now, this is all the way the Zoyar is explaining it regarding the Pari of Klippa. But according to this, we need to understand what does Boyal Pari mean in the Kedusha sense, we said before that Pari also has a root. In Kedusha, the level of the Esperiu, the Esdalium, and Ekolna Hoyun, we said that Pari also means the level 
the source from where all sorts of iris and lights are being uncovered and revealed. If that's what it's referring to, such a high, beautiful level of Kedusha, then what does it mean that Moshe Rabbeinu is afraid? What does it mean Moshe Rabbeinu is afraid to go in there by himself, and he needs that the Amish to command him, Boyol Pari, come to Paroi, and I will take you in, take you into Hashem. What's the problem? Why can Moshe Rabbeinu go? What is he terrified of? So the Rebbe said the explanation is like this. When we speak about the idea of Paroi de Kedusha, which obviously means a very, very great and intense level of godly revelation, so what we're speaking about over here is, in a sense, two aspects to the great Gilui. Two aspects to the Paroi idea of the Gilui. Number one is that there's a very, very great revelation of all of the Oires, all of the greatest and the highest levels of Alekus, as the Zoyer puts it, kol all the lights, all the, all the candles, all the luminaries, everything that was hidden before is going to be revealed now. Also, the way it's going to be revealed is also in a way of paroi, in a way of ispiriu, the Rebbe says in the word of parua, meaning without an order, without a seder. I guess parua, parua, they are more like the idea of something disturbed, something completely out of order. In other words, the way it's being revealed is completely beyond any seder, beyond any order, limitation, and so on and so forth. Furthermore, this idea of and this idea what we say that Pari means the source of all revelations, this itself is coming from the very, very essence of Hashem Himself. As the Zoya says, what does base Pari mean? Base the house, the source, from where all of the Oiris are being revealed. The Amishra is the one that's bringing out, that's revealing all of these Oiris. What does it mean, the house of Pari? What is the idea of a house? A house is the place where the person, the king that's in the house, could reveal himself with his whole essence. So in other words, we're speaking about a level over here that's beyond any sort of limitation. Usually, a oir, any sort of light, has some sort of definition, has some sort of limitation, has some sort of form and shape. Usually, a oir comes down in some sort of orderly fashion. So if that's the case, when we're speaking about that there's going to be a revelation over here of absolutely every single oir and everything that was hidden, which, in other words, things that were not revealed, and it's going to be in a way of ispirio, in a way that's completely out of order, completely beyond any order, obviously this is coming from the essence of Hashem, which is the source of everything, the source of all the, the, source of all the lights. Or as the Zoya says in this week's Parsha, the, le- the, the, the essence where in which all the other Darugas come out of it. And at the same time, this is a, such a level of a source that's really higher even than having any sorts of connection to, to the oil, to the light, higher than being a source to light. And therefore, every single thing could come out and could be revealed and in a totally unlimited way. If we're speaking about such a powerful, great, high place, source of light, now we can understand why Moshe is afraid and he's not getting close. Because he sees the power of Kedusha, in other words, the way he is in the highest of highest sources, the way this is referring to such a high source, which is Bechlal, completely higher than any level of oil. 
And therefore, he's afraid to go into this thing called base Pari, the place where there is the essence of Pari of Kedusha, the essence of the highest levels of godliness, Moshe Rabbein is afraid to enter. Because a created, limited being, a neshama baguf, could not go and receive these amazing revelations from the very essence of Hashem. This level that we call from where all lights are being revealed. How is it possible for a limited nivra, for a limited creation, to be able to receive such tremendous high order? And in a way, as we said before, what, how are the oil is coming down? Not only is there a lot of oil, but it's in a completely unlimited way, completely, um, not in an orderly way. It's in a way that's coming directly from the etzim of Hashem. It would seem impossible. If we speak about lower levels of Ishtar, Shlusar, the Zoya said, the levels of the rivers that come out of him and the different darbies that come out of him, that's more connected and more shaykh, more able for a nivra, for creation to be able to receive. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu was not afraid to approach Pari, as Pari is on that level, even if Pari is in his house, especially if he's out of his house, not in his domain, so to speak. But if Pari is in that state of his if he's in his house with the, with the full strength, with the greatest giluyim, as we're speaking over here in the spiritual, in the positive sense, the giluyim from the very essence of Hashem being expressed by this word power over here, this is what Moshe Rabbeinu is afraid, how is it possible for an ashama inside of a gul to be able to receive all of this? It doesn't seem possible. Says the Rebbe, this is also hinted in, in the continuation of the parsha when Paroi says, go away from me. And you better be careful not to come see me again, because the day you're going to see me, you're going to die, which of course, in the simple way of understanding the poster, it obviously meant in a very, very negative way. But Moshe Rabbeinu actually agrees to Pari, and he said, you spoke correctly. I will not see your face again. In other words, the argument of Pari, or the words of Pari, actually have validity according to Torah and Kedusha. But in Kedusha, it's actually saying something very positive, and it's only saying something very good in the, in the most perfect way. In other words, since Paroi of Kedusha represents a level of oyer, a level of godliness that's beyond any sort of limitation, so therefore, it's really impossible for a person, a, a person alive in a Shavavaguf to be able to contain this. If only for the level of Moshe on his own, in other words, without the special assistance from above, it's not, not possible for a nivra, for a creation, as in a shoma inside of a goof, to receive this level, to see reois panecha, this level of pari, to see the panimius, the deepest levels of alikus, which is higher than limitation. This is only, as in a shoma is outside the goof, not limited by the goof. That is physical and, and, and limited has its constraints. And therefore, that's the pshat that he wouldn't be able to remain alive to see this gilui. This is why he needed a special kaya from the Eibishter. And this is what the Rebbe explains in Seyot Alot. The Eibishter comes along and gives a special command to Moshe Rabbeinu, and with this giving him special kaya, the Eibishter says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Boyo Pari, come to Pari. I mean, the Eibishter is taking him into the most, these most deepest chambers, to the very, very essence of Hashem himself. The essence of Hashem is coming along and bringing Moshe to this level called Pari, so to speak, 
Meaning to say that even as Moshe Rabbeinu is an Ashama inside of a physical limited body, he should be able to receive directly from Atzmuth this level of this idea of the revelation of all of these most amazing lights which are standing beyond limitation and beyond order. And the Rebbe explains this further by saying the following. When we say paroi, it's from the word that all the lights are being revealed from this level. This itself can really be explained in two ways. Number one, is that we're speaking about a gili of all of these greatest oirei, and in a way that's completely higher than seder v'adrog, higher than any sort of order, which is showing that the gili is coming from the essence of Hashem, which is higher than the concept of oir. And therefore, this gili is not really relating to, affecting and impacting the levels of oir as oir is in its normal shape and form. Because oil itself, even when, even though it's me'enam oil, it's similar to the luminary, but oil itself is not in a way of ispiriyu. The oil itself usually is in an orderly fashion. It has to be in an orderly fashion. So again, number one, one way of understanding ispiriyu is that there's something happening over here beyond the normal idea of oil. It's not really relating to the idea of oil, it's just something beyond. A second way of understanding, says the Rebbe, is when we say the words kol that means even the oil itself, as it stands in its form of oil, and yet it becomes in a way of a spiritual. Yet it's revealed in a way going beyond of its own limitations and forms. In other words, and that within the form of the oil, within the shape of the oil, within the limitations of the oil, yet it is standing in a way of beyond limitations, which seems to be obviously two opposites. Having the oil remain the oil the way it is, and yet at the same time being unlimited. And the Rebbe says, this happens with the koya of the essence of Hashem. And it's known that the oil, before it's revealed, is completely included within the essence of Hashem himself, within the more, within the luminary, but there it's not yet on the level of oil. There it's what's called within the Yechoyles Ha'atzmon. In other words, it's within the ability, Kavayachol, of Hashem to produce the soil. And it's one with Hashem, the way Hashem precedes everything and so on. The Eibishter includes everything, the Eibishter is able to do everything and so on and so forth. Or as the expression we've been using, Esperiyuminei Kol so where is the oil itself originating from? It's within the essence of Hashem. And therefore, even as the oil eventually does come out in its specific shape and form of oil, nevertheless, inside of the soil, getting from the koyer from Atzvot, and therefore could have this gilu of kol nehoirin, in other words, being revealed as a way as it's beyond limitations. And furthermore, that as we said before, within the limitation itself, it should stand in a way that's beyond it all. From this way, the way it happens within the oil, eventually it comes down into a lower form that there is this ability to be able to connect opposites of believable and gavul within the oil itself. Or on another level, the idea of the combination of putting together what's called the oil and the keli, the light and the vessel. Or eventually... 
the connection between the neshama and guf, that even as a neshama is inside of a physical limited guf, nevertheless it should be able to receive the unlimited oil, that great gilu which we call paroi, is periu kalnohoyrin, getting directly from atzmus, so is borrowed from the very essence of Hashem, and furthermore, that the neshama inside the guf should be able to go inside over there, boil pari, to be able to come into this very high level, indirim basar, indirim rooms, inside of rooms, into the very, very essence and deepest levels of what we just call pari. Why is it that the Avish did, ama- did this amazing tradition of boil pari? That Moshe Rabbeinu as a neshama in a guf, should be able to receive this gilui of his spiriu, called and this awesome, amazing, great gilui. So the Rebbe explains in hey that it will be understood based on understanding the whole idea of Geulas Mitzrayim generally, which of course, the Boyo Pari is an introduction and a beginning to the Geula of Mitzrayim. And the Rebbe explained. The whole point of Geulas Mitzrayim, of course, is Matan Torah. As the Amish just says to Moshe Rabbeinu right in the beginning of his mission, when you take the Eden out of Mitzrayim, you're going to be serving Hashem at this mountain at Har Sinai. What's the Chiddush of Matan Torah? Of course, we know is the idea that the Torah and Mitzvahs are given down in this world to B'nai Yisrael and Neshamis inside of physical bodies so that they should be able to fulfill the whole purpose of why the world was created. The Abishai's desire to have a dwelling place in this world. In other words, that within the limitations of the world, within the concealments of the world, as an Hashem is inside a goof in this lowly world, and yet, right over here, should be the gimli of the essence of Hashem Kalayochel. Just like a person that inside of his own private house could be, could be, could be revealed with his whole essence. And surely the Abishai was the creator, the, the creator of the world and the one, the one who runs the world should be able to be revealed completely inside the world. And will be practically fully revealed by the Gula Amitis Vashleiman in a similar way started already by Matan Torah. Past extent regarding the Gula of Loyikonified Moirecha, that the Abish will no longer be hidden from us. The Abish will be, so to speak, in his dwelling place without any covering. Not even the highest, deepest, greatest sort of coverings. And as it's known, that before Matan Torah, there was the Gzeda, there was that decree, that separation between the higher worlds and the lower worlds. El the higher worlds weren't able to come down. and the lower world realms weren't able to go up. By Matan Torah, there was the Bikal Gzeda, this decree was nullified. And now there's the Koyach given to the Tachtoinim, to the people in this world, to be able to draw down the Gilu of the Elyonim, the highest spiritual things, the highest, greatest levels of Holocaust, and even the very, very essence of Hashem, in such a way that the physical body in this Gashmi is the world should be able to be holy, and should be able to be a Dina for the Abishter, and finally that in this whole world should be able to be revealed how the Abishter and the Eden are all one. If that's the point of Matan Torah, and we just said that the whole idea of Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is a preparation for this. So from this we understand that in the Golos Mitzrayim and in Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim, which are the preparation for the Gilu of Atzim Ramat and Torah, obviously already in these pre- preparation stages, there has to be emphasized the, how, how we're preparing already for the Bitul Zeta, for the transition from the time when there's a separation from El Yoyinim and Tachtoinim to a state when there will be Achdus between them as a preparation for the Achdus that's going to happen by Matan Torah. Says the Rebbe that this very, very major stage 
preparation for this transition happened when the Abisha says to Moshe Rabbeinu, boil pari, as will soon be explained. In order to understand that the Rebbe and Sivav, we'll first have a look that we see something similar in the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's mission to take the Eden out of Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu argues to Hashem, and he says, I am not a man of words. I have difficulty speaking. And therefore, please send somebody else. So it's explained in a number of places. So this explained. Then Golos Mitzrayim, the level, level of Dibur, the speech of Moshe, was in Golos. And we'll soon explain a little more what this all means. Moshe Rabbeinu was arguing that therefore he cannot bring about the Geula down here in this world. Simply, Moshe Rabbeinu is seemingly having difficulty speaking. Again, once again, up above, looking at this all in a more spiritual way, it's really because of Moshe Rabbeinu's high level. On Moshe Rabbeinu's level, and he is on his own, he is in a level that's completely higher than Dibur, higher than to being able to reveal himself and coming down to the world of speech. Even higher than the Dibur of Torah. Bringing Torah down into this world. They have a quote. Difficulty of speech is referring to Torah. Means difficulty regarding Torah. In other words, Moshe Rabbeinu had a difficulty in coming down into the world of speech even regarding matters of Torah. Why is that? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is in the world of Toyu, a place which has tremendous and intense great oiroids, which cannot come down into Kalim, into vessels. And after Pshat, Kvat Peh, that's what it means, Kvat Peh, that he wasn't able to bring down his great lofty levels into his intellectual oir, down into the Kali, into the mouth. And therefore he says, Shlach Nabi please send who you will send in the future, referring to Mashiach Tzadkenu. In other words, someone that has more of a connection to the world of Tikkun rather than the world of Toyu, a place of a person, and a place, a world that has much more Kalim vessels to be able to contain these Oyrus. So what is the Abishta answer? The Abishta said, Misam Pela Adam, who is the one who gives man a mouth? Hashem, isn't it I Hashem? And Hashem goes on to tell Moshe Rabbeinu, I will be with your mouth, I'm going to instruct you what to speak and so on. What is Hashem saying to Moshe Rabbeinu? The essence of Hashem that's koyliachal, that's able to do anything, he is the source for these kalim, for the idea of a mouth of the world of Tikkun, as well as the source of the oiris in the world of Toyu, he could bring about that even as there's a state of Golos, and even a Moshe Rabbeinu that on his own is completely higher than coming down to Kalim, and yet he should be able to reveal himself and bring down into Dibur, into speech, Hashem says, I will be with your mouth. In other words, even Hashem is telling Moshe even though yet you're from the world of Tayu, you don't have these Kalim, but I, Hashem, the one that created the Kalim of Tikkun, and I'm the one that created the world of Tayu, I could change things around that Tayu and Tikkun should be able to combine together. In other words, to be able to have the qualities of both of them, having all the amazing great oidas from the world of Tayu, along with the great qualities of the world of Tikkun, that there should be plenty vessels, enough vessels, to be able to contain the great oil. It is only that in that time of Mitzrayim, 
was still in a miraculous way. In other words, that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he spoke to Paroi, his words will come out correctly. And in addition to that, Aaron, his brother, is going to be a spokesman. As the apostolic says, you will speak to him and put the words in his mouth. He will be as your mouthpiece, etc. So that the Dibu should be able to reveal itself completely, also in a natural way. But he was not cured yet completely. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu still says after that, I have blocked lip. And the fact that he was able to speak then was caused by anoichi ayam picha that I will be with your mouth. Same anoichi like by matan toira, the anoichi, to the beginning of the asteris and And that's why he was able to bring about Yetzias Mitzrayim, even though Moshe on his own, as we said, his speech was in a state of gallows. However, in order to bring about the gili of the Dibur completely, there had to be this idea of breaking Mitzrayim, breaking the klipa of Mitzrayim, that the Abishta is with Moshe Rabbeinu assisting him to break down Mitzrayim completely. Eventually, this will bring the gilu of Matan Torah. The Anoichi Hashem Alekech, while Moshe Rabbeinu will be cured completely. Said the Rebbe Zion, based on all of this, we can also understand now. The idea of Boil Pari in the sense of Kedusha, that Moshe Rabbeinu was afraid to go in there. The Rebbe explains, Moshe Rabbeinu, based on his own level, Kvad Peo, Kvad Loshin, as we just explained, difficulty of speech because of the great Oiroites that he has that are higher than Kalim. What he is afraid of is how are the Kalim, how are the vessels going to be able to accept these great Oiroites from this level called this Firiu called from where everything is revealed. So this is the Chiddush of the Ebrishter to Moshe Rabbeinu, Boyol Paroi, the Ebrishter takes Moshe Rabbeinu in room and after room. In the inmost inner chambers, Moshe, the Ebrishter is giving Moshe Rabbeinu the Koyach, the Koyach of Atzimus, that the Kalim, those vessels of an Ashama being inside of a Guf, and yet they should be able to receive an Epnemius, all of the Giluim, coming directly from the essence of Hashem, that level which we call from where all levels are uncovered and revealed. And why is that? How is that possible? Because really this is the whole point of why the whole Sagerish Tashlis came into being, of all of the Oiris, even these greatest levels called Paroi, from where all levels are revealed, is really all about the Deer of Atachtoyim, because the Amish don't want to have a dwelling place down here in this world. Meaning to say that within the limitations of an Ashama inside the Guf in this lowest world, there should be the Gili of Atmos. And this is why by Yoimar Hashem al Moishim Boyal Pari the Abish just says to Moishim to come to Paroi, that as you're an Ashama in a Guf, you're going to be going into Paroi of Kedusha, receiving these greatest Giluim from the essence of Hashem, this level of his Piriyuvi's Galim and Ekolnoir. Says the Rebbe in Sifches, now we can understand why Boyal Paroi is the introduction and the beginning of the Gula. Which is what we asked in the beginning of the Sikha. Why is Boyal Pari the name of the Parsha? Why is this the beginning of Gula? So of course, in addition, in addition to the simple Pshata, through Boyal Pari of Klipo, by coming in simply into Pari, this is the way Pari is going to be broken. As Pari is with his full strength in his palace, he's going to be broken and crushed. And this is the beginning of the Gula. But in addition to all of that, there's something much more important over here. And that is, the whole point of Geulah to Mitzrayim, as we said before, is to bring Matan Torah, to bring about Dira Betach and to bring about the Gilui of the essence of Hashem, of the Anoyeti, to Yidin, as they are in the inside of Gufim, as in a Shomo is healthy, in a physical, healthy body. 
And it's not the Bamat and Torah, the Yidin were healed, including Moshe Rabbeinu, as we said before. It says the Rebbe, this is also hinted in the fact that the Abishna says to the Yidin before Matan Torah, you're going to be for me a nation of Koyanim, and a holy nation, meaning even as you're a nation down here in this world, you are holy, and you're on the level of Mamlechas Koyanim, and not only any Koyanim, but Koyanim G'doylim. And a Koyan Godel, we needs to know, we know needs to be someone that's complete, healthy, complete in his body, with money, and complete in his money, supposed to be rich, and even in his clothes, are supposed to be for honor and for glory. In other words, we're speaking about hidden being down here in this world in the most perfect way, and as they are, Nisham is inside of Gufen being one with the Abishter. And this also bring, it causes, then it should be the same thing in the world, that the world, as a Tachloin, should be connected with the Elyonim, which was achieved by Matan Torah, and of course, ultimately, the Gilead, the very essence of Hashem, B'Tachloinim. And since this is such a major Chiddush, that a physical person down here in this world, in Neshama, in a limited body, should be able to unite with the Bligvu, and unite with Atzmuz, as Moshe Rabbeinu himself was surprised and afraid, and he was terrified, he was terrified, as we said before. Therefore, as an introduction to this, meaning to say that as you're in Hashem inside of a ghoul, with all the limitations and a situation where there could be danger even, at least from the power of Klippa, and yet at the very same time, you're going to go in. The Pnimius into the power of Dusha and get these greatest revelations from the essence of Hashem, from this level that we said, the power, the idea of power, meaning the revelation of all the greatest lights. And because it was like this by Moshe Rabbeinu, this gives the Koyach also to all the Yidun, that they too should be able to receive the Gili of Matan Torah. When there's the connection between the Gul and the Bligvul, the idea of Ispiriu, the greatest lights being revealed, the light of Torah and mitzvahs, near mitzvah of Torah, and all of these great, all of the lights which are originally in a state of gavul, and yet it should be a spiritual, it should be in a way of believable, which means, as we know, that Torah and mitzvahs on its own are initially and originally completely higher than any sort of limitation. There's the wisdom and the will of the Amishter. The Chidush is that not only as they are on their own, but even as they come down here into this world, by Matan Torah, into all the limit, limitation. And furthermore, the way we do them is with the limitations of this world. And yet at the same time, it stands higher than limitations. And then I've been explained. In Torah, we first of all have Torah Shemitzav, which Torah Shemitzav has a specific limitation. There's a certain amount of letters, etc. In Torah Shemitzav, Again, there are certain limitations. We need to take it into our understanding, into our limited understanding. Only then can we say, Berkos if we actually understood it. So this is all connected with limitation of the human being. Especially mitzvahs, every single mitzvah has its own limitations. There's many, many different dinim and enduring every single mitzvah according to its own inyan. At the same time, we say, these limitations of Torah and mitzvah, of these lights of Kol Nohoyrin, of the Ne'er Mitzvah of the Torah Oyer, yet they stand in a way of Ispiriyu, in a way that's higher than limitation. The Rebbe gives some examples over here. First of all, an example from Apostle, So we're speaking on the one hand about the number of Yidin, and yet we're saying it's not going to be able to be counted because it's so many. So it seems to be connecting 
limitation number and beyond number at the same time, or similar to the concept of what we say, on the one hand, there's a specific space that the orin has to take up, and at the same time we know the orin did not take up any space. From all of this, we also learn a lesson in the Arvoida of a Yid, the Yid that receives the Torah and Mitzvahs, that even as a Yid is in a Shama, in a Guf down here in this world, together with all of the limitations that are tied with this, at the same time, the Yid has to stand higher than limitations. Not only because and based on his Neshama, which Neshama Shunastatami Tahiri has a pure and holy Neshama from the Abishter, that's higher than the limitations of the body, but even as the Neshama is inside of the limitations and real limitations of a physical body, in a situation where he needs that special protection from the Abishter. At the same time, this Yid could be boil power to come to the highest levels, to the greatest levels of revelation. And furthermore, even the limitations themselves to be standing in a way that's beyond Medidavagvala, beyond limitations. And the reason is because Yisrael, Kuchimrit, Kulachat, Yidn, and the Abishta are all one. Not only because of Neshamwa, the way it's up above or a part of his Neshamwa, but his whole Mitzvah is the whole entity of the Yid. And the Neshamwa and his Guf together is one with the Abishta Kamayahu. Because we know a rule, Etzim, the essence, when you take a part of it, you have all of it. And it's also known from the Psak Dini. And according to the Ramban, this is the, the way it's going to be. And the Psak Din is, according to the Ramban, that the whole reward, the main reward, and the Shleim is the perfection of all things, is going to be Dafkat and Hashemis inside of physical bodies, by Tchiyas HaMesim. Not like the Rambam said that the reward and the ultimate thing is Neshamis without bodies. And under on the contrary, we say that La'asid Lavi, when Mashiach is going to come, the Nisham is going to be sustained by the Guf. Says the Rebbein Seftes, based on all of this, we can understand the words of Moshe Rabbeinu to Paroi in the continuation of the Parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Gam ato you are, even you yourself, Paroi, are going to give us the offerings and the carboni that we are going to offer to Hashem. Then the Abishter also commands Moishinabin to tell the Yidin that they should go ask from the Egyptians. And the woman should ask from the Egyptian woman for silver and golden vessels. The Abishter gives the favor of the people of the Yidin in the eyes of Mitzrayim. And also Moishinabin was very great in the land of Mitzrayim in the eyes of Abdi Pari, the servants of Pari, and the eyes of the people. And then the Torah repeats again the idea. That the Yidin go ahead and fulfill this. That the Yidin did what Moshe Rabbeinu told them to do. They asked the Egyptians for all of these things. And the Yidin gave the favor of the people in the eyes of Mitzrayim. And they gave them whatever they asked for. And they emptied out Mitzrayim. This is all in addition to the first time that says in Pashash In other words, the Torah repeats this idea three times. So the question is, why is it so relevant to the Gula of Mitzrayim, this idea that Paroi is going to give them all of this, and that they're going to empty out Mitzrayim, and that this is all going to be in a way dafka that. The Yidin are going to ask them for for it. And furthermore, is dafka going to be in a way of finding favor in the eyes of Mitzrayim, and the Abishter is assuring him of all of this, Ba'ashem, Nosem, Nuschein, Ambedim, Mitzrayim, the Abishter is making sure this is going to happen. When Yidin went out of Mitzrayim after hundreds of years of enslavement, you would have thought that they're looking for ways to get out of there as quickly as possible and not staying back another moment just to find favor in the eyes of the Egyptian. Even if there needs to be a concept of Ayin Asla, they need to empty out Mitzrayim in order to fulfill Hashem's promised Avraham Avinu, of Achrei Chen Yetzim Ruchus Godoyl, 
But why does it have to be that they're now going to ask the Egyptians for this and all of that? Why couldn't they just take it by Makas Choshech, for example, and Dafka in a way that they have to find favor in the eyes of the Egyptians? So the Rebbe explains this based on the idea that was speaking before about Dira B'Tachtoyinah. Since the whole point of the Geulah Ad of Mitzrayim is in order to bring about the Dira B'Tachtoyinah, so the proper and complete way that this could be done is not in a way of breaking Mitzrayim, but Dafka with the Gashmi, so the world itself, the opposition itself, the Egyptians themselves, are agreeing to help along as much as possible to the Gula. Yes, it's true that in certain situations when there is no other choice, rather than breaking the opposition, like it was by the Makris that we had to do to Mitzrayim. So sometimes this has to be the order, and if, so to speak, there's no other choice. But afterwards, whenever and wherever it's possible, we try doing things, Dafka in a way of Bedarki Noim in a pleasant way, because ultimately it's about the Dira B'Tachtoyim. And this becomes all the proper Achana for the way the Dira is going to be the Dira B'Tachtoyim. By the Gula Amitiz when we say that even the Nochosh, even the snake, which we said before, that's one of the ways Paro is referred to. Even the snake will be a shamash god, will also be a big servant helping out the Kedusha. At that time, the Tachtin was not completely refined yet, not completely elevated yet. And it's understood from the fact that he didn't have to run away from Mitzrayim. But he paused in your Mitzrayim, he left in haste. Because at that point, the evil, the Ra, the Klippa was still standing full force. And it's understood from the fact that afterwards the Egyptians chased the Bnei Yisrael. And Yetzirah Mitzrayim was not complete until the Yidden saw the Egyptians dead at the edge of the sea. The real bitter oil the real elevation of the world is going to be Dafka, the end of this Golos, this last Golos, by the Geula Amitiz Vashleimo, which we say is we're going to have miracles similar to Yetzirah Mitzrayim. And that's why the Exodus, going out of this Golos to the Gula, is going to be in a way, as the Apostle says, not in haste and not with running, because the spirit of impurity will completely be removed from the world. And that's why, although, yes, we will go out of the Golos in a way of Zerizgulist, but at the same time, in a relaxed way, both for our Nefesh and our Guf, with a complete um, health as Neshomis inside of Gufim, and going over completely without any interruption at all to eternal life, as Neshomis, Big Gufim, Begula, Mitzvah, when, as we said before, that will have the ultimate and the proper full reward. Says the Rebbe in All of this also has a connection to Yudshvat, the Yomi Lula of Kvoit Kedushas Merivachami Adamur of my father in law Nasidereno. And this day, the day of Yudshvat, is getting the Bracha this year from Shabbos, Parshas Boyal Paroi. As well as the Estalkus itself, the passing itself of the free, the Grebin Tavshinyud, was on Parshish Boy itself. It is known that in the day of Eilulah of a Tzaddik, so his Neshama goes up above together with all of his actions, his Torah and Avoidah that he did during his whole lifetime. And there it gets revealed and shines down from up above, down below, and it brings about tremendous salvations down here in this world. In the yard site of every single year, there's an aliyah. There's an elevation completely incomparable to the previous years in the neshama whose hilula we commemorate, celebrate, which is the reason of why Kaddish is said on the day of a yard site every single year, and an aliyah going higher and higher. 
And to use the words of the parsha, and in the terminology that we said before, that on Yud Shvat, the Baal Ha'ilula, the Moshe Rabbeinu of our generation, and we know that there's a Moshe Rabbeinu in every generation, the Moshe Rabbeinu has the idea of boil power, that the Amish that takes him in to these deepest chambers, higher and higher, to the level of power of Kedusha, to the level where all Oyeris come from, and every single year, and so to this year, there's a greater Aliyah and an incomparable Aliyah. And this Yulia Boyle Pari by the Nasi Ador, which we know that I'm Nasi Huakoil, the Nasi is everything, this itself is drawn down and reveals itself down here in this world and brings about salvation in this world, had an effect on all the people of the generation, especially that every Yidos has a Moshe inside of him, and Dafka has the Yidin Arnashomis inside of bodies, and especially that this generation has the Balai Lulastet, is the last generation of Golas and the first generation of Gula. That this door, which is called Iklas of the Mashiach, the time of the heels of Mashiach, is a Gilgul. And the same the Shomli said, the generation that left Mitzrayim. So therefore, there's even a greater comparison between the Baalai Lula, the Nasi of our generation, the Moshe of our generation, to Moshe in his generation. As the Chazal say, that Moshe Goyal Rishon is the first redeemer, as well as the Goyal Achrin, as well as the last redeemer. And as we discussed many times, that the Nasi of our generation has a special connection to the Gula of Klal Yisroel of this generation. And of all the generations, the Gula Hamitiz Vashleimo, as is hinted in this name, Yosef Yitzchak. Yosef is because the Abishter is going to eventually, once again, take out Yisroel, just like he took the Madam Mitzrayim. As the Postal says, Yosef. Hashem Shainis Yodi, the Abishta will once again stretch out his hand and take the Yidin Adam at Sarayim, so that's the name Yoyzi. Yitzchak, of course, is the idea of Simcha. Yitzchak was so called because Kalashemeh Yitzchak, whoever hears about this is going to laugh and is going to be happy with me and for me. Of course, the ultimate laughter and happiness is going to be by Gula, by the Gula, as we say, Ozi Mali Schaik Pinul Shenenurino. And as we saw the Poyal, as we saw practically the avoida and the conduct of the Baalai Lula was specifically unique in this, that it was always dafki in a way of simcha. And the amazing thing about it is even more, take into consideration that the free Dikarema was a Baal Yisurim Gashmiim Loyalena, that he had a lot, a lot of suffering Loyalena. And in a way that it also affected his Ruchni, his life, and will soon be discussed. So from this we understand even more that this, this idea of ispiriu kol nohoyrin, this idea of this level of where all the oiris come from, which happens by the Baal Ha'ilula, especially on the day of the Ilula, includes also the fact that his conduct was simcha. all of this comes down to each and every yid and to all of the yid in the narrow generation, that as Nishamis inside of bodies, they should be able to receive all of these greatest iris. And the Rebbe says in the city base, notwithstanding the fact that by the Baalai Lula, there is this Gilui of Boyal Parai. However, right now, Bapoil, it's as he's in a Shama higher than a Guru. But based on what we discussed previously at length, it's understood that the ultimate flame of the Dafka, when we have all of these great historians coming out of the Shama inside of Guf, as it will be by the Baalai immediately when our kids of Iran and Shaykh Layoff, or when there will be Tri Furthermore, 
even as the Friedrich Rebbe was alive in this physical world, he suffered tremendous yisurim, lots of suffering, which also had an impact on his ruchniyadikal life, including the fact that in his later years, it was similar to what was by Moshe Rabbeinu, kvad pel, kvad loshain, that it was difficult for him to speak. And this had an effect on it being able to stay Hasidus, spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit and spreading Hasidus to the outside. It had an effect on how he was able to do that. To such an extent that even his personal doctor, which was actually a professor, which is greater than just a normal doctor, came and asked him, sort of with a claim and a taina, how does it make sense that his suffering should get in the way of his koyach and that he should be able to speak, and in such a way that he should not be able to do his shlichus in this world as he would like to. He, the free Dikarembe, is the one that's making such a big shtur and such a big koch in spreading Torah Yiddishkeit and spreading this to the outside. So the doctor is arguing. So the Amishter should be, should give him the full opportunity to be able to do this in the greatest measure. So therefore he should surely be able to speak properly and fully. Because it's actually through the speech that that's the main thing, how it could be spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit by saying Mamarim Achsidus and giving Hayroyz, etc. And Adarab, since he is the one that's coughing so much in this time, he should have this idea of being able to speak much more than everybody else. Not only not having problems in comparison to other people, but he should have in a much greater measure than other people. If that's the case, ask the doctor, how does it make sense that notwithstanding all of this, we see exactly the opposite. That all of his suffering actually had an impact on his koyach and dibur begashmias, which had an effect. But pashtus, then it should also impact. Kavayochal, the Rebbe says, also his speech is saying, etc. Which simply, this caused that there should be less in quantity of how much it was supposed to be, both in how much he was speaking and saying, as well as spreading his because obviously if he would have been saying more Mamorim, there would also be more Chazorim, repetition of the Mamorim, and also writing down the Mamorim, etc. Now, of course, even though it's impossible to ask questions on the conduct of the Abishter in his world, especially regarding how he conducts himself with the Nosli Ador, and therefore you can't say how it should have been and how it shouldn't have been, etc., but nevertheless, the Abishter set up the world in a way that he only asks according to our Koya. In other words, that the Amishter wants that to the best of our ability, we should try to understand with our seichel whatever we're able to. Especially in this case, that this question of the seichel of this doctor, that had it to make sense that the Nosi Adar cannot fulfill his shlichus. And he would like to, is not only a question of the seichel, it's a question that fits with Torah as well. And we see Moshe Rabbeinu argue to the Amishter, Kvat Pel, Kvat Loshan Anoiki, difficult for me to speak. A blocked lip, and therefore please send somebody else. And what did the Amish to say? I will be with your mouth. And not only that, he sends along Aaron for him to be his spokesman, that through Aaron, Moshe Rabbeinu's words were able to come out of Gashmi, it's Mamash. Says that the fact that this is the way it was by the three Dikarebbe is actually similar to the way it was by Moshe Rabbeinu. Why? Because since the birur, all of the elevation of the inyanum of this golos was not complete yet, so the idea of dibur was still in golos, similar to the way it was by Moshe Rabbeinu. We said before Moshe Rabbeinu on his own is higher than the idea of dibur. 
And what happened at that time? The Abishad didn't cure him completely yet. Rather, made a miracle that he will be with him, he will assist him, his words will come out right, and so on and so forth. So a way to fix all of this up, that it should be properly to fix up this lack of dimur, so to speak, with the koyar of the balay is through the neshamis, through those neshamis that are in physical bodies, healthy neshamis and healthy bodies, the neshamis and gufam of our generation, the ninth generation, that we have the koyar to, so to speak, fill that task of our that is our task to bring about in speech, practically, in a way of a koil nishma based power, like the Pesach we quoted before, that we should be speaking lots of words of toyo, and giving over the heroes of the Baalai Lula, until finally our generation is the generation in which it's fulfilled immediately, the shlach nabiyatishlach, through Mashiach Tzedkenu, which through him is brought about, the shlemus, in a complete way, those gili of the oiris, in the idea of Dibur, as we mentioned before. Says that this was also the hint in the Rosh Hashanah, of the word miyad, which of course means immediately. The word miyad is the Rosh Hashanah of Moshe, Yisroel, that's the Baal Shem Tev, and David, David Malka Meshicha, meaning to say that the Shleimus of the Avoid of Moshe Rabbein, and the Avoid of the Baal Shem Tev, which includes all of the Rabbein, all the way to Nesidereinu, who is going to bring it about who is going to finally make it come down in the most proper and complete way is going to be through David Malka Mashiach, as Moshe Rabbeinu had already requested, Shlachna Biatishlach. Says the Rebbe, if you'd gimel, we could say that all of this is also hinted in the Kavius and the special way, the way Yudshvat is set up this year, that on the year the Rebbe is saying the sister was on a Wednesday on the fourth day in the week, in which, on the one hand, Nitlu Hamoiroith, but as well as one with a tess and one with a toth. That means as follows. On the original Wednesday, on the original fourth day of creation, the Abishter suspended or hung the luminaries, the sun and the moon, in the sky. And that's what nitlu with a toth means. Nitlu with a tess means the luminaries were taken away. In other words, on the one hand, it was nitlu the luminary was taken away. It was the estalkus of but not in the way of Nitlu, not in the way of Chas V'Sholem taken away, but rather that itself was immediately transformed with Nitlu with a top, meaning the two great luminaries are suspended and shining in even a greater way, because as it's known, that through the Estalkos that causes a greater Aliyah and a greater Gilui, which is called the Stalik Yikara the Kuchamrichu Bukhul Almen, as it's brought in my Mormon Basil Ghani, that the Abishta's light is shining in a stronger way in all the worlds. And the Neshama is then found in all of the worlds, even more than during his lifetime. And through his Chasidim and Talmudim that I'm a kusher to him as Neshama is in Gufim down here in this world. In the ninth generation, and the word Tashi'i, the ninth generation is, is a, is a tall. Tashi starts with a tall. Similar to that talk, which we said, Nitlu, in comparison to the nitlu with the teth, and instead of the ma'oyres, the luminaries being taken away, the luminaries are being hung up, the luminaries are going to shine. And that brings down over here also, in a complete way, the nitlu is the luminaries shining down, as we said before, is periuvis, galanim, and that all the oyres get revealed, and uncovered as an ashama in a guv down here in this world. Says the Rebbe, from all of this, we understand the special chidush, 
of our generation, the ninth generation, compared to all of the previous generations, even the generation just before this one, the eighth generation. Since in that generation, the Gula did not come to boil. So the boil power, this gilly of all these greatest lights was not spectacular, that's when it was not in the most perfect way yet, as a neshama in a healthy body, because there was a stalkus of the neshama from the body. And even the neshama, as it was in the body, was in a state that the dimur, the speech was in go. Whereas in our generation, the last generation of ghosts, in the first generation of gula, immediately we have the nitwa moiris, the moiris. Shining. That not only that there's not chas v'sholim, anything lacking in the great luminaries of the gili of but on the contrary, there is added even greater shleimus, not in the way of kvadpeh, as we said before, Mamayi mean that it was difficult for him to speak in Torah Shemalpeh and Torah Shemalpeh because he was higher than this, but rather that even as Neshama is inside of Gufim, we get Vipnimius, Isperiu, Kolnoid, and all these greatest lights, which are, so to speak, being hung up and shining right now through the fact that Mashiach Tzedkenu comes immediately, Shlach Labiatishlach, and will teach Torah to all of the people, and Torah Kadashim Ititainse, the new dimension of Torah, which will be revealed when Mashiach comes. And this will be Poyal Gushlemus and Ali of all the previous generations. Through Akitsu, Vidana Nushayat, Neopra, that we have Tchies, Amesim, and the Balei Lula, Bereshenu at our head. And the Rebbe explained that the special Kiddush of our generation, compared to the previous generations, we see practically in the Avoidah of this generation. In this generation is added in much greater, incomparably greater, in comparison to the previous generation regarding the Avoidah of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit and Chassidus to the outside. But as far as how many Sporim are being printed, the tremendous Hashpah, and others, as well as how the world is being transformed, the place that's the most distant place is being transformed to be made a kenu into a keli to receive these greatest oiris. And this is both regarding Yidin through the Tariyag Mitzvah, as well as regarding the Goyim by spreading Sheva Mitzvah B'nei Noya in such a way that we're illuminating the whole world with the Neir Mitzvah and the Torah in a way of, as we said, Ispiriyu Kol Noir and all the lights shining so that every single Yid should be able to receive the oir as a healthy neshama and a healthy body. To the extent that we see practically, as we spoke a number of times recently, that the Goyim in many countries are helping the Yidin in their avoidah. Similar to, and even more than the way it was by Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. In fact, even Russia, which was up until recently locked for many, many years, and did not allow Yidin to leave Russia, did not allow them to do Torah and Mitzvahs in a proper way. Lately, this all changed from one extreme to the other, and now, and now not only are they enabling Yidin to do whatever they like, allowing them to leave there, but furthermore, they're actually helping the Yidin in all of this. And we see practically today, that in addition to the fact that Yidin are standing ready to the Gula, even the Goyim are standing ready that the Yidin should go out of Golas and go to Eretz Yitzchol, and as Neshama is begufim without any interruption at all. We immediately come to the Shlemus of Boyal Paroi by the Gula Amitis Vashlemo, which is the Shlemus Angili, the greatest Gili of his spiritual and of all these great lights being revealed. And as the Postak says, the Abishra will be for you, for an everlasting and eternal oil. Says the Rebbe and see if you doubt from all of this, we understand the lesson right now from Boyal Paroi. We discussed a number of times that Kolu Kola Kitsin that all time limits are operating.
and that we completed everything already and the Gula should have been here quite some time already. And for reasons that are completely not understood, the Gula did not come yet. From all of this, we understand that at least right now the Gula definitely has to come. Take it from Yad Mamosh and to use the expression of the world, that this is the heft that's like the highest time for the Gula Mitzvah and the Rebbe says this, this, the words itself, the Hechstatzite, that itself hints to the idea of what the Gula is all about. On the one hand, you have time, sight is time. So that's all connected to limitations. There's past, present, and future. But at the same time, at same, was saying it's the highest time. In other words, high in the highest in a way that there's nothing higher than it. In other words, that again, that the limitation itself is becoming, is going and becoming unlimited. And in a way, as we said before, Gvul and Bligvul becoming one, like we discussed before regarding the concept of Esprit and Kolmoir. And on the contrary, the main emphasis over here is Dafkan, the limitation within physical time. Because, Beruchnir, all the Yanim are already Beshlemus, even the Shlemus of the Gula Ruchnir, the spiritual eyes of B'nai Yisrael could see already the Gula. Now is the time to open our physical eyes that they too should see the gula and it will be revealed to the eyes of flesh this time. And as it's understood simply, the main request and yearning for the gula is not so much as far as the ruchnius and the neshama is concerned. Because from the perspective of the ruchnius, the kenyanim, the neshama is perfect already. And all things are perfect already. And even though the yid is and neshama have a gulf in this physical world, but from the perspective of the neshama of the ruchnis, it's not spelled so much the darkness of the world. Whereas because of the gashmias of the guf, that's where the real concealment is felt. And therefore that arouses the yearning for the gula in even a stronger way. And the hidden by the gula is going to be that the gili of and the greatest revelations of light will be also the gashmias oilam that could be visible for any boss for the eyes of flesh. In the physical time and place, it'll all become a dinner for the Abishamatahtoini. And on the contrary, Davka, where this expresses the Shlemus, the perfection also of the Ruchniyats, as we said before, that the Nisham is going to get from the Guf because the Gaula Bagashmias is actually going to bring the Gaula to all of the worlds and to all the Dharma Slamaya. Says the Rebbe's Ittazvav. The Benegayel Apoel, standing right now, the days of preparation for Yitzvat, the day of the Yiluluf of the Sidor when the Nasti Adoyer gets an additional Aliyah, and through him all the people in the generation, the women of the generation and the children of the generation, each and every Yid of our generation, men, women and children, need to accept that Lotus Tevis regarding all of the Inyanim that the Bala and Lula demanded, starting from Neir Mitzvah Vatoyer, that in learning Torah, Torah Shem Ekstav and Torah Shem Alpan, fulfilling mitzvahs behidur, both regarding yourself as well as encouraging others, the avoid of spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit as spreading students to the outside, in a way of boil pari. That means to say to make each and every year a keli for receiving these great, greatest, most amazing oirites of Shneimo Oiris and two great luminaries of Torah Shem Ekstav, Torah Shem Alpan, as well as Nigla the Torah and Pnimi including, of course, and especially adding and learning the title of the Baalai Lula and fulfilling his heroes. And all of this with the emphasis that each and every person should accept upon himself that his learning of the title of the Baalai Lula 
should make up and should complete that which was lacking in the spreading of sinners because of the fact, as we said before, that the Baal was unable to, to be able to speak and so on. And how do you do this both by privately learning Bedibur with your speech, actually learning the Torah of the Baal as we just said, as well as spreading Chassidus also to other people. More specifically said the Rebbe in Sifter Rayin, the Bala Ilula dedicated himself to every single type of Yidin according to that particular type. And we're able to see the special happy face that the Bala Ilula was able to show, the smiling and happy face to each and every Yid, men, women, children, men according to their own level and women in their way and children in their own way. And that's one of the Chidushim of the Nasty of our generation. That in his later years, specifically, he was Moisa Nefesh spreading Torah and Yiddishkeit, specifically teaching Torah and Chinuch. For the Nesheu B'nois Yisroel, for the women and girls, as well as children, which is a Chidur, something a Chidur for a Nasty B'Yisroel. Even though we find something like this by other G'doyle Yisroel in previous years, as it's known from their letters, etc. Nevertheless, it wasn't accepted by everyone. And even by those that it was, it was with certain limitations. But the Pu'ulis of the Baalei Lula spread out to many places in the world and continue to spread out. And through this, there's Shaloi Barak, more learning Torah of the women and the children and so on. From all of this, we have Oirah, that the strengthening of Pu'ulis in, in connection to Yud Shemad has to be with all types of Yidin, men, women, and children, and each type of Yidin according to their own level and a special emphasis in the police with the Sheyub Yisrael, and with children that in addition to their avoider by themselves, also the avoider with their whole family, including the men. The special unique idea of ch- uh, children is the fact that we needed to educate them slowly but surely according to their own kalim, according to their own level, in a way that they should be able to receive it. And the apostle said by Yosef, and so to the Yosef of our generation, he prepared lechem lefiatah, bread according to the children. In addition to that, we know that children, their nature is that they crumble the food. Their crumbs fall down. But the over here looks in a positive way on this idea that what happens with these crumbs, these crumbs can reach other people or to others that on their own cannot get more than little crumbs. So that's the special avoid concerning children. So, regarding the Sheyob and Yisrael, amongst the special mitzvahs of the Sheyob and Yisrael, there's the idea of lighting Shabbos and Yom Tov candle, which is again a tradition in our generation, that there's many more women and girls that are lighting Shabbos and Yom Tov candles. And through that, they're illuminating their houses with Nair Mitzvah Vatayroyer, and in a way of Yisperiyu Koloyer, and revealing and uncovering all the light. As you can see, simply and clearly, that when you light a candle, the whole room becomes illuminated with a candle. And since it's a holy candle on which they made a bracha, so the whole room is illuminated with the light of Kedusha, similar to the idea of Espiru Kolnoidin. Whereas other mitzvahs, it's possible that one mitzvah is different to another, as it's, as the Chazal tell us, Malayan mitzvahs, Karim and Yidin are filled with like mitzvah, with mitzvahs, like a pomegranate. So it's possible that a person could be filled with mitzvah, but nevertheless, the mitzvahs are separated from each other. It's possibly po- covered with a clipper similar to the way the seeds are covered in the Rimoyim. This we understand also how, through the lighting, Shabbos candles and the women and girls, that actually helps. That should be more of Torah and mitzvahs being done by all of their families, also of their husbands and their children, as it's simply 
that when the women light the Shabbos candles, that's actually what ushers in Shabbos for the whole family. And only afterwards come the Tepilos of Shabbos and the Kiddush of the men. And so, to in a more general way, as the Gemara says, that through the lighting of Shabbos candles, that's your way your zoicha to children, and it says, that through the ner mitzvah of Shabbos comes the light of Torah. Says the Rebbe, we could say that this is also hinted in the hinted in the gematria of the word neir, which is two hundred and fifty. So the gematria of neir symbolizes the two hundred and forty-eight mitzvahs asay, but now they are permeated through the two ideas of avra and yir. Says the Rebbe in Yudzayin. Generally, the lesson over here is that the avoid of every single yid has to be in a way that is filled with light. That he's filled with ner mitzvah v'toyrah oil, and he's doing the avoid with his neshama, a healthy neshama in a healthy body, similar to the koyin gadol, as we said before, that needed to be complete, even if there's chas v'shalom, some sort of um, interruption, and some sort of yirida, some sort of descent, as the pasuk says, "Berega katan azav tichdat." In a short for a short moment, I left you chas v'shalom, a father or a mother, rachman alitzlan had passed away because the gula did not come yet in the meantime. Nevertheless, it's a Yerida Tzayrach Aliyah, the descent is only for the purpose of an ascent, only to be able to reach greater levels in the Gili of Boyal Paroi, both as far as the Neshama, and even more so regarding her family, the sons, and mainly the daughters, that they should seek to continue to do the Avoida that she did while she was alive, and the spirit that she had given into the children through the chinuch, as we know the concept of Zara Bachayim, by the children being alive, she too is considered alive. And more generally, that this adds even more the gili of the neshama. On the level as the neshama is called a sheshano, like a rose, sheshano, the feminine receiving from HaKadish Baruch Hu, which is called sheshan in the masculine, and in this way, it becomes an absolute unity between Yisrael, Kucham, Kulachat. Just wanted to clarify regarding this last little piece, but the Rebbe seems to be speaking about a woman, a mother that had passed away, and also suddenly mentioning this word, Sheshano, etc. It seems quite obvious that the Rebbe was speaking over here about Rebetzin Gutnik, Rezel, or Sheshano Gutnik, that had passed away one day before this sitter, Erev Shabbos, of that uh, Shabbos Parshish boy. To continue and see if you trust. The Yehirotan, that by actually accepting the Achlotis regarding Yitzhak, concluding that everyone should be Mishtatif and all the Pu'ulis and Menhagim, which are connected to Yitzhak, starting with the Fabrengas that are made in every single place for this day, and the uh, week preceding it and following it, that even before all of this should be Akitsa, Vedanu Sheikh Neyofar, Kobalai Lula should be leading us, take it from Yad Mamish, with a simple practical meaning of the word Mamish. And you know that Tzadikim are going to get it by Tchiyas Hamesim immediately and we'll be able to celebrate together with him, the Yom And immediately there will be B'Shalach Pari Yisraom. Pari sending out the nation and Yidin walking out with uplifted hands going out of the Golos. Going to our Holy Land, Yerushalayim, Ira Kodesh. Tahara Kodesh, the Besam Migdash HaShlishi and Tachodesh HaKadoshim. And we'll have Hashem Yimlech, Lo'elom Voyed, Hashem ruling forever and ever.